Welcome back to the Building Stewards Podcast. I'm your host, Donovan Brooks, and I'm here to guide you on your stewardship journey through education, encouragement, and engagement. There are five biblical money management principles that we as Christians and as stewards need to know and need to be living by. And so I want to spend this episode going over those and hopefully you can glean some valuable information and some valuable insight from what these principles are. So I'm going to go through these. Um, a lot of these may not be very new uh, to you, things that you might think are common sense or um, you've kind of known all along. Um, and that's good. That's because they're time-tested principles. They are things that a lot of the world is using because they work, but in effect is biblical wisdom from above. So anyway, I'm going to go through these and hopefully they are valuable. So the very first principle is spend less than you earn. And I can't tell you how important this is. If we ever hope to build a solid foundation and build a strong fortress within our finances that we can just honor God with, this is where it starts. You can't build and you can't build anything if you're operating out of a deficit. And so oftentimes people spend more than they earn and they get into debt and they get into credit card debt and they're constantly trying to dig themselves out of a hole. So until something changes, that is going to be the, the trajectory. So spend less than you earn. And I think the key principle that's anchored in this is contentment and modesty. So if we're not able to spend less than we earn, we need to step back and ask why. What is the evidence? Uh, what is causing us to spend more than we earn? Um, and we need to enter into those hard conversations. In Proverbs 13, verse 11, it says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. And so to me, this has a couple different themes within it. It obviously speaks to um, the greed and the desire to accumulate wealth really fast. And, and, and then it says, but those that gather little by little will surely increase it. But it also kind of speaks to me in a way that those that spend less than they earn increase their wealth over time. And it is a slow game. It's, it's uh, you know, day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year. Whoever gathers little by little will increase it. So that kind of brought me back and, and, and reminded me of this. So the things that we hope to accomplish with our personal finances, they require margin. They require a, a degree of capacity uh, within our cash flow. And that's where everything starts. That's why I spend so much time talking about it and kind of harping on it and <laughs> encouraging and challenging that the cash flow piece is so paramount is because it's where everything else stems from. So spending less than you earn is the first principle when it comes to becoming better stewards with our finances. The other piece that helps in this arena is having a plan. You have to have a plan when it comes to spending less than you earn because you have to give every dollar a job. You have to be proactive about prioritizing what is of most value. Um, and you have to make sure that you're conscious about that and that you're leaving margin, that you're creating space within your personal finances. And I'll, I'll say it, it's going to take a lot of sacrifice. It takes sacrifice. It takes delaying gratification. These are good things. These are refining things that really mature us as Christians in our faith, but also helps mature our personal finances as well. Okay, the second principle is avoiding the use of debt. In Proverbs 22, verse 7, it says, the rich rules over the poor, the borrower is slave of the lender. In Romans 13, 8, it says, owe no one anything except to love each other, for the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. 
So I want to make two disclosures. It's it's unrealistic for anyone to not have debt at some point in their life. I just want to make that distinction. And two, I want to say like it is not sinful to have debt. It is sinful to carry debt and not have a plan and not have the intent to repay it. That is sinful. But debt is a very real thing that most of us will have at some point. So I just wanted to make that distinction. It's not forbidden. It's um, warned against because of the dangers that it brings. And it it's, it's warned against because of the predicament it puts us in. Um, the more debt we, you know, carry, the more emotional, uh, the stress, the anxiety, the worry, uh, the fear, the shame that comes along with that. And what that does is it causes us often to uh, lose focus of God. Um, he doesn't move. He, you know, is, is constant. But the more that we bring those unnecessary things into our life, like, you know, unnecessary debt, it can it can affect our relationship. Uh, now there's grace. I'll be the first to say there's grace, you know, <laughs> abundant grace uh, through everything. And um, Jesus is waiting to extend that grace and to take that shame from us, uh, whatever that looks like. But when I, when I say, like, avoid the use of debt, we need to avoid it at all costs, and, and it really needs to be a last resort option. And really then we need to still question, do we actually need it? And so, and, and if we are in debt, then I think our mindset needs to be repaying that debt and repaying it in the quickest manner that we're able to. Like those are those need to be kind of the two mindsets, uh, two sub-mindsets, if you will, when it comes to having debt in our in our life and so one of the things that debt does is it mortgages the future and uh, this is something i learned kind of going through some of my formal education is that when you take on debt today like you are kicking it down the road and your future self um, is is the one that's repaying it and you are foregoing any future opportunity that um, could come your way and so when we take on debt we're just reducing the amount of opportunity we have in the future and really putting our future selves in the same, you know, in a predicament because we're kind of under contract, right? We're under contract to repay what we borrowed. Um, and so it just puts us in a kind of a hairy situation. So realistically, most of us won't be able to live a life that's completely debt-free, you know, throughout our entire lives. But what we can do is we can change our perspective around debt and avoid it when at all possible, like keeping it as a last resort, really putting it through the filter of like, do we actually need it? What are all the alternatives? Can we sidestep actually using debt? For the debt that there isn't a way to to sidestep, we need to focus on paying that off as soon as possible. So an example of that would be um, a mortgage. More than likely, if you want to be a homeowner, you're going to have to take out a mortgage for to be a homeowner, to buy your house. Now, can you save up money in the cash to buy your own house? There's some financial personalities that that's what they would say to do. Um, a lot of people want to be a homeowner before the age of 40 or 50. So that requires taking out debt and borrowing. The thing about a mortgage, though, is it's collateralized. It has an asset behind it. Like the debt, you know, is tied to the house. So if anything happens, uh, just the house is sold, which, again, means that you're without a home, but it's a little, yeah, it's different in that it's collateralized. But anyway, enough about that. Avoid the use of debt at all possible. And if you're in debt, have a plan, have a plan to get out of debt as quick as possible and kind of free up the future. Okay. The next principle is building margin and saving. Uh, In Proverbs 6 verses 6 
through eight, it says, go to the ant, O sluggard, consider her ways and be wise without having any chief officer or ruler. She prepares her bread in the summer and gathers her food in harvest. And then in Proverbs 21, verse 20, precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. So this is really the next step, right? As we live beneath our means, we live uh, we spend less than we earn, and as we avoid the use of debt and pay down our debt, this is really where we start to see some real separation between the income that we make and our expenses. And this is where it really gets, starts to get exciting because we start to see a margin um, between those two start to emerge, and it gives us a lot of opportunities to really lean into our plans and kind of what God has called us to. And through this, saving for short-term, intermediate, and long-term goals are things that we really get to double down and lean into. And what I love about the scripture about the ant is there's really seasons of everything, right? When we look at winter, spring, summer, and fall, there's a season that progresses through this narrative of planting and and harvesting and kind of enjoying the harvest and then, you know, everything being cold and, and dark and there's nothing. So anyway, like there's there's seasons that um, I think we're going to go through in our life, but all in all, uh, we should be working towards yeah the planting, the harvesting, and and then living um, from that harvest. I think that's very powerful language. Um, and when it comes to building margin and saving, we need to have those those same mindsets. Precious treasure and oil are in a wise man's dwelling, but a foolish man devours it. Again building margin and saving and not devouring, not consuming everything that comes through um, and comes through our hands. That is just foolish. That's a folly, as it says in Scripture, and it reveals that we are very selfish. We have a very selfish mindset when it comes to what comes through our hands. And so this is a great place that is also revealing, and we need to guard our heart too, because we can build too much margin. We can save too much to the fact that we're hoarding uh, or we're finding too much security in what we're able to accumulate. So we need to be holding what we have in an open hand as stewards. We need to hold it in an open hand for God to take and give as he sees fit. Um, And we need to be obedient um, and be led by the Spirit with whatever's in our hand, whether it's a lot or a little, we need to be faithful through that. And it's hard. I get it. It's a, it's still hard for me. And I, I think we just need to be prayerful and we need to be in step with the spirit with kind of what's going on in our stewardship journey. Okay. The next principle is setting long-term goals. So I love in Luke 14, 28, it says, for which of you desiring to build a tower does not first sit down and count the cost, whether he has enough to complete it. And in Philippians 3.14, Paul writes, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So setting goals is important. Setting goals allows us to head in a specific direction. And not that goals can't change because life changes, goals can change. We need to be flexible and nimble when that time happens. But we need to set the goal in the direction at any point in time so we know where to go. And once we set the goal, we can actually set and conclude what actions need to be taken, what steps need to be taken to get us to that goal. Um, And so oftentimes when people come to me in a professional capacity, they know kind of where they want to go. They know the kind of the general direction. And then it's, it's part of my job. Well, if they don't, I sit down and help them 
you know, decide what the goals are and help kind of build those goals and, and figure out what they are. And then once we have the goals figured out, then we can kind of break it down into the steps and the measures that need to happen to get to those goals. So for example, we may spend some time talking about saving for, you know, a retirement or that season of life. Um, based on, on what those amounts are, we're able to step back and figure out what needs to happen today. How much do we need to be saving to get us in that direction? Now, things obviously will change. Jobs change. Maybe the the actual goal changes um, one way or the other. And as those change, then the, the actions and uh, what we need to do to get there can also change. But setting long-term goals is important. We don't just want to meander through life and not have a plan for how we're going to steward what God has given us. So that was just one example, the retirement. But you know, really, we need to step back and be cognizant and kind of be quiet enough to hear the Spirit leading us into areas that there may be some some goals that we need to be pursuing as well. And so another important piece about goal setting is periodically reviewing them to make sure they're still in line with uh, what we want to be pursuing. And maybe God has put it on our hearts to pursue another goal or to go in a different direction. So we need to be mindful of that. But it is still important to know the finish lines and where we're heading. I think that's what's important um, is to have a target we're aiming for. And even if we miss it, it's you know we're still going to be closer than if we didn't have a target and a goal. But I think when it comes down to it, uh, goals are important because it allows us to do work today. It allows us to work towards something and, and work as good, work as good to glorify God um, and to be active with what he's given us today. Those that don't have goals kind of flounder. They, they Like I said, they kind of wander aimlessly. They don't have a plan for what God has given them, and that is problematic, um, and that is irresponsible, and that is a sign of poor stewardship. Okay, enough about that. The fifth principle is giving generously, sacrificially, and faithfully. In 2 Corinthians 8, 9, Paul says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you by his poverty might become rich. And then Luke 21, verses 1 through 4, Jesus looked up and saw the rich putting their gifts into the offering box, and he saw a poor widow put in two small copper coins, and he said, Truly I tell you, this poor widow has put in more than all of them, for they all contributed out of their abundance, but she out of her poverty, put in all she had to live on. That's just very powerful, right? It's all relative to what we have, and that's how it's gauged how much we have given. So you can have a lot and give according to what you have, but there's not a sacrificial component to it. Um, And giving breaks the power of money, and that's why it's so important that we need to be very proactive and very cognizant of, of keeping giving uh, as a core tenant of our personal finances because it breaks the power of money. It keeps money in its proper place of being a tool, right? Um, when we allow it to be elevated um, and have control over us, it becomes an idol and it allows us to serve other idols. And that is why Jesus spoke so much about how money can corrupt us and infiltrate us and become an idol. And so we need to keep it in its proper place. This, again, plays into holding everything with an open hand. Um, When we have an open hand, we realize that it all belongs to God. And when we realize it all belongs to God, we're able to give more generously, faithfully, and sacrificially. 
and then bringing it back into when we realize how desperate we are for a Savior and what Jesus did for us, and we see that gift and how God freely gave his son for us to rectify and to bring parity and peace to our relationship, we're able to extend that. And so when we when we cling to that and we remember that every day, we're able to give more generously and faithfully and sacrificially to those around us. So I think that's really important to remember as a part of this. And even as we look at giving, we need to remember to give of the first fruits of our personal finances. And so within scripture, first fruits used to mean the best of the harvest. It used to be, you know, when when, when they would harvest uh, produce or the grains, or they would have their livestock, the, the first fruits, you know, would be the first that was picked from that harvest that were the best of quality. For us in our culture and in this time, you know, the first dollar and the last dollar that comes from your paycheck, you know, it's the same, right? So how do we measure the first fruits? We need to be mindful of giving first before we do anything else. That that's is really the best metric, I think, for measuring the first fruits. And we need to do, we need to do it with a grateful heart because if we don't give the first fruits, if we don't give from the first fruits, if we don't give from the first money that hits our account each month, then we're giving leftovers. We're giving out of obligation typically at the end. And so this is something we need to be mindful of is, yeah, giving of the first fruit. So anyway, principle five, giving generously, faithfully, and sacrificially. It needs to hurt a little bit. We're stewarding more than just money, right? We need to, to be mindful of that. We have everything that's been given to us, we're stewarding. So whether it's financial resources, whether it's uh, our gifts and talents, whether it's our time, whether it's our attention, relational capital. I mean, we have been given so much, whether it's influence, we've been given so much to steward. So when we look at giving generously, faithfully, and sacrificially, yeah, keep in mind, it's not just financial resources, but everything that we've been given from God, uh, because it is more than just money. Okay, so those are five biblical money management principles that we as stewards need to be living and incorporating into our personal finances day in and day out, week by week, month by month, year by year. If we do these and we do them faithfully and we do them out of the the right motive, um, out of the right state of our heart, uh, we do it to glorify God, this is going to set us up well to really uh, steward everything he's given us and to do it well and to you know, have a larger kingdom impact in the grand scheme of eternity. So anyway, these are the five principles. Let me know if you have any questions, thoughts. I'd love to continue to talk about this, but until next time, the best is yet to come. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Because it is general in nature, it does not take into consideration the listener's personal circumstances. Therefore, it is not intended to be a substitute for specific, individualized financial, legal, or tax advice. To determine which strategies or investments may be suitable for you, consult the appropriate qualified professional prior to making a financial decision. This podcast is not engaged in legal, financial, or other professional services.